Before we begin the Sunday suffering, I mean the Sunday sickness, a uh, quick foreword from the previous head coach of the LSU Tigers, Coach O, two H's, Ed Ogeron, and I believe he's going to talk about our sponsor, but I will say this before I begin, a co-worker of mine who's a upstanding, unbelievable individual, uh, inadvertently Friday, a guy that's not even into sports betting. As a matter of fact, he's only into really college basketball, one particular school, as a matter of fact. I believe that to be Gonzaga. That's neither here nor there. He may have went to school there. I'm not really sure. But uh, one thing that he did say is a guy that doesn't even bet on sports or anything is he, we're both having a really strange Friday, and he just sighs and says, man, I just... Really want to hear the Sunday sickness. <laughs> it's just, the way that he said it was uh, was unbelievable. Anyway, let's get it going. I'm Coach O, C-O-A-C-H-O-H-H, exclamation point. Our parent, as they say in New Orleans. And, uh, you know, I know y'all know I'm a ladies' man. You know, I've been in the news uh, with them blonde chicks. And, um, you know, uh, going on the beach and, you know, uh, Showing how swole I am to them ladies, but um, you know I am a ladies man, and, and one of the keys to my, you know, to my uh, success with with them women's is um, I love them romantic candles, you know, and I think the best candles they got out there right now are gonna be with them um, porchandlantern.com. I tell you what, now you know they um they use that coconut wax instead of that damn soy, and they get these great wicks and everything, you know, and they get them great smells. And, uh, you know, Coach O puts a little bit of that uh, Cajun aromatherapy on them, you know, and gets them, cast that spell upon them, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, but you ain't got to be no um, good-looking, you know, well-built Cajun man, uh, rich football coach like me, you know, to do it. You can do it yourself. We you get some of them candles, and you're going to put all them women in the mood. Because I am Coach O. Go Tigers. And, uh, you know, go go uh, uh, com. Yes, sir. And yes, I'm... Take it sleazy. Yes, that's right. Porchandlantern.com, as Coach O just said, and be sure and reference promo code T-S-T-I-N-O, T-S-T-I-N-O, the stupid team in New Orleans. You can't forget that because it's true. Smiley, oh, they got two pair, eh? <laughs> you have a kind beast pair, you fucking dumb truck. Oh, yes. There will be blood. Welcome to the Sunday Sickness <laughs> with your boy Danny Bell. Well, we don't have many like these. <laughs> I'm not really even sure what to say at this point. I don't think I've seen anything quite like I did yesterday in my entire life. That's not the last time that's going to happen, because if you stay in this game long enough, you will see it all eventually. I haven't been in it long enough to see it all, but boy, am I rounding up that book. Wow. So we'll go over the week that was, the week to come. Of course, we have to touch on Bro Exotic. So him and I are not having the same issues. Seriously, he can't find a loser to save his life. Because, boy, when I circle the wagons and stamp one, no one really does it like your boy. You got to give me that, right? So anyway, it was a disastrous week for the most part for the podcast. We'll be getting into that right now. Uh, let's start off with a semi-positive note, I guess. Uh, the futures are looking to be 
very close to being solidified on the college side. So we'll get into that real quick. Uh, first of all, Iowa State winning their sixth game uh, demonstratively over there. The Mormons have never done me really any favors, and they'll continue that hot streak as well. <clears throat> Shocker. It's all the times I've watched that South Park episode where they exposed the, <laughs> the Book of Mormon. Oh, actually, they did more than that. They made the most successful Broadway musical in history. Uh, one weekend after getting high. That's how smart those two guys are, Parker and Stone. Really funny. But anyway, what's not funny is Iowa State. And what is funny, however, is the fact that I thought that they would lose every conference game. I don't think they've lost a conference game. <laughs> I think they lost one to Oklahoma. But again, when Ohio beat them, I thought that was pretty much it. And it shows what I knew there about that team. I've never lost a future this miserably uh, with not even a chance to get out of it. I do fancy myself as being probably one of the best at that, at least that I've seen that's transparent about the record. Uh, we were 75%. I posted the, we posted it, and it's not easy to read. I need to figure out how to change the format into a couple colors, but we'll post that. And it all correlates with the podcast, and we're doing really well in the futures again this year. Uh, boy, this is a Gen Saki thing right here. We're just going to go. We're going to talk about <laughs> Forget that elephant in the room, man. Don't worry about that. I think with the futures this year, though, Iowa came through with a really nice Iowa-esque win in which they scored, I believe, multiple touchdowns in one game, which is unbelievable. Iowa shutting out another team. They should have one loss, and as much as many people made fun of me about the national championship bet, never actually expected them to win. Kind of wanted them to stay with it and buy out. If they had one loss right now, which they should, they're going to run the table probably, and they are going to win the Big Ten South. We are going to get that one at plus 275, assuming they can continue to keep winning with nothing offensively. It is unbelievable. Iowa just needs one more win, and they will will probably get that. Ohio just needs one more win in two games. They'll be almost double-digit favorites in both these games. you got to think they're going to win one of these, which would be great. little scare in Buffalo. Offense woke up in the second half, so that's good. Missouri, as you know, the best future wager of the entire college football season, the first Win total to clip was indeed Missouri, who potentially could have been undefeated. And speaking of, another thunderous win for Missouri, uh, who I thought would be excellent. Uh, Not in this way. I thought they'd be more of a defensive football team and kind of rival Georgia for the division. Uh, They've done just that. Uh, They've done all of that. So we already have won that one. And then as far as the Pro ones, you all know who those are, the Dolphins and the Bills. The Bills play tomorrow night. We'll get to that in a second. They've already lost... More games this year than they have last year. They're not a good football team, uh, and they're probably going to lose tomorrow. We'll get into that. If they do lose the game tomorrow, you can ring it all up. They're not going to the playoffs. They're not winning 11 games, and they won't win 10 games. I feel I'll win the alternate on that as well, which is still alive somehow in Miami, the last college team. How could I forget Miami? Given everything they had to Florida State, I was really close to taking Miami on here. I didn't think they could win, but, man, they – Probably could have, but they did not. So Miami falls again. God, we just had one of these overtime games. But then again, we got the miracle with Georgia Tech. So all the futures, for the most part, are pretty much right there. I know a lot of people got big on Ohio. That was probably the most popular one, and I'm glad that that is is going to come through. So let's go ahead and review the week uh, that was, shall we? We normally start off with the losers. There's normally more winners sometimes. <laughs> Danny Bell is 42, 36, and 1. 
Coming off uh, just one of the most embarrassing weeks um, I've ever had in my life. This is just uh, pathetic. So anyway, Texas Tech somehow gets the win. So they lead the entire football game, uh, which they did. So you'd think that that would be an easy cover. No, no. Uh, getting three and a half, the difference between three and a half and four and a half is very apparent right here in this one particular situation. Getting three and a half, you don't want to get, outside, get it outside of the even number game. In other words, you don't want this to come on those four squares. So in this instance, Texas Tech up by three, Kansas with the football. If you're getting a four and a half here, you have nothing to worry about. But at the very end of the game, if they are to score a touchdown, I'm going to take an L. Uh, somehow they don't score a touchdown. Four plays inside the three plays inside the six and have to kick a field goal. And then I'm still going to lose this one, right? But Texas Tech somehow gets the ball down the field in less than 30 seconds. Really use it. If you want to go watch how to run a clock at the end of a game, go look how that head coach and Kitley went ahead for Texas Tech, what they did uh, with one timeout and how they were able to manipulate the rules in college football. If you can get to the line fast enough, none of this stuff matters. And if you go back and watch the last drive Texas Tech had, even the announcers were talking about using words like genius and brilliant. I don't want to get into all that now, but they knew what they were doing at the end of the game. And most teams don't. They did, and they won. Congratulations. UAB goes to the Navy and doesn't score a touchdown. That's going to be difficult to cover and over when one team does not score a touchdown. Uh, the Navy was able to do something I did not imagine. They played straight man press coverage. The United States Naval Academy pressing a team that is 10 times the offensive caliber to what they had. The Navy's game plan was incredible defensively. And I hate to say this, but they were able to jam these receivers, wink at the jam, at one point, I think Trent Dilfer almost had a baby. I think he was going to quit right around the third quarter or kill somebody. I think you could have called holding so many times, but when you're not calling it once, not going to call it the whole game, the Navy's going to get the benefit of the doubt. I'm not the only one that saw this. Either way, it didn't matter. Navy dominated the game and did exactly what I said wouldn't happen. They didn't gash UAB at all. All their drives were agonizingly long and unproductive while UAB would go three and out and the Navy would start chewing. So that was the worst pick of the week by far. Temple USF over 66 and a half. So this closed at 70. When you beat a high total by four, three and a half points, getting it kill numbers like 67, 67 and a half, 68, 68 and a half, and even 69 are numbers that will trip you up, weren't going to trip us up because we had 66 and a half. But the bad news is it wasn't even close. Even after a ridiculously fast start, that game evened out. Horrible play. Terrible play. I deserve all that. Oh, let's let's talk about Vanderbilt. So a lot of people like to get at me on this one and go, I can't believe you had Vanderbilt. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I, I kind of understand what you're getting at. Did you think the same thing when I had South Alabama getting 17, saying they would hold Oklahoma State to under 20 points and win easily like they did? How about when Florida catching all these points versus Tennessee? It's four times this year, a 10-point or more underdog. We've called on the show. We've lost four. Won four, lost three. I don't know if you know how this works. When you're taking underdogs of that size, you can be three and six and have profitability. So we're doing fine there. It's always interesting after you take an underdog like this where everybody go, I can't believe you had that. And I was like, well, surely you had South Carolina then, right? I mean, but of course, everybody would have had to have South Carolina, right? No, nobody had South Carolina. And they showed up in Mollywood, Vanderbilt. And this is what's going to happen when you take underdogs like I do. You're going to be wrong. And when you're wrong, it's not always like a little bit. It's kind of like what almost happened to Stanford in the first half against Colorado happening the whole game. Speaking of which, Stanford getting 17 and a half points, beating Colorado. A lot of units there, if you didn't know. So 
You don't need to bat the same percentage up there. It's just always funny when, uh, you know, someone's like, yeah, Vanderbilt. Like, yeah, I know. After the fact, again, very, what am I thinking? So stupid. Let's take all the big favorites like Bro Exotic. I'm not even being sarcastic. Why? What am I doing? I should just take every pick he does, duplicate it on mine, try to beef up the win side. Not a bad idea. Had the money line with Vanderbilt, too. And if you didn't know, it's hard to win a money line bet when you lose by 60 points. So I don't think they covered any points that we had there. So uh, cantankerous uh, snowball turned into the largest catastrophe snowball of all times coming in to the Oregon game. And uh, Mr. Producer, would you go ahead and cue up some violin here? Uh, you know, we'll just church it up a little bit. Yeah, turn this down. Uh, whatever one you got. I don't care. Just throw it up. You got any Yanni? Remember that guy? Of course Yanni plays the violin. Yanni plays everything. Kid me? Let's take this party to USC going to Oregon. Every single thing I said, if you go back and listen, happened. Every single thing. Every warning label, all those receipts came through. Everything I said that Oregon would do, they did. And what I said Caleb Williams could potentially to do, he, he did. Exactly that, 100%. Not going to spend too much time on this, but uh, this is how I view this. I was right about Oregon, and they scored three touchdowns and almost five offensive plays to begin this football game. Their first play from scrimmage went about 80 yards after forcing a very quick three and out to USC, Oregon up 7-0. Caleb Williams takes a big sack on second down, now facing a third and 19. I'm not going to say this changed the game, but early on, I could not have him start being a wizard, and he was. Third and 19 on the second possession from USC, right around eight minutes left in the game, or excuse me, nine and a half minutes left in the first quarter. Uh, Caleb Williams escapes what looks to be a disaster coming his way, which is an all-out blitz. And Oregon does the right thing. They hit every lane. Caleb Williams escapes about six tackles. And this is what makes him so special. And this is what I said he would do, except he did this seven, seven times. I said he may do it a few times. Seven is too many. Every single time that a team like USC with a quarterback like Caleb Williams is supposed to be off the field, and they are not, it is nearly a turnover. You have turned it over on yourself. Even though you don't have the football, Make no mistake, you had it for that one second and you gave it back to one of the most dangerous people I have ever seen. I'm not going to take anything away from anything. The three quarterbacks I talk about the most are Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, and of course Caleb Williams. They're the three best in the country, in my opinion, in college. I'm not going to get into who's going to win the Heisman or anything. These guys are excellent at what they do. Jaden Daniels having one of the greatest games in college football history. Let's not overlook that, and we'll get to that in a second. However, in this case, what made this so unique and so interesting was he kept doing it one two not only did he keep doing it he kept doing it in situations that mirrored what i said escapes all these guys he is able to not scramble but make you think he's going to scramble hit on the brakes or keep running and throw a 40-yard strike whenever he wants i do not think Jaden daniels can do this i know bo Nix cannot do this i don't think many players in football period can do this continue to run around never with the intention to take off. He could at any point if he wants. It's not as fast as Daniels and the highlight reel he put on that will go on in college football history and should, but he did this so many times on third and impossible. These are turnovers. Turnovers. Caleb Williams gets him down the field, ties the football game at seven. 
Oregon decides to play this go for two thing, miss it twice. Now that's two points off the board. At the end of the day, Oregon dominates the entire football game, doing basically whatever they wanted, but Caleb Williams is still in the game. They peeled that kid off the ground after that sack I talked about on the first possession, peeled him off the ground, and I thought he was going to exit the game pretty soon. But the one thing I have to give this kid is he is tough. He really is. And he really wants to play football. I have to respect that. He wanted to do this first two-lane, and that's why everybody played for SC last year in the Cotton Bowl. And he refuses to stay down, go down, or come out. They hit the piss out of this kid all game, and although they didn't win, I have to say, he's one of the few players I feel that could have made this a coverable situation. USC, the only way they could have done this is if they scored two touchdowns on their last possession while only Oregon kicking a field goal, and that is exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened, and on every single drive that they had, all seven of these that came, every drive, there was a third and long in which he converted, and it is absolutely ridiculous. I've never watched a game in silence like this before. I've never watched a game with that gut feeling of, I can't believe this is going to happen. The good news is, is the three guys that are extremely heavy into what I do, especially when I'm going to stamp something like this, thankfully is they're able to loosen some of the control that they typically have in their normal everyday lives and listen to me when I got in, tell them that if we just Take USC now at plus 116. This will prevent any type of crazy stuff happening in the fourth. This is not necessarily a smart move. But with a guy like Williams, who clearly is not going away, with a guy that capability and the level at which he was playing, it may have been his most impressive game. If you really want to look at everything he can do, go watch that game again. Look at how many times he's going to fool people into thinking he's scrambling, but they don't care because no one can just stop on a dime and throw it 40 yards down the field in someone's nose cleft. But he can, and he's that good, and he probably will be that good at the next level. I don't want to comment too much on that, but this is just something you just don't see every day, and he is an unbelievable football player. There is absolutely no getting around that. I'm not saying he should win the Heisman, but I've had my last run-in with that young man, And I'll be avoiding him because he taught me a very valuable lesson. Even when you know the potential of something happening, you still have to prepare for the worst. And thank God that while he was doing that, I took that advice right there. And we were able to get out for most of this for a blind hedge in case it would happen. Because we had the plus 118 and the level of which they bet as high as 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 they wager. They were able to get out of almost 65% of that loss. And as was I. Even though I'm, I'm betting, what, a couple hundred or whatever at this point. Those guys are really just, uh, you know, really getting at it <laughs> for what they do. Uh, but that was, that was great. So at least within that uh, cataclysmic um, just boom that was USC in the last few minutes, that game should have and could have been an absolute blowout. But every single time, it's third and a mile, and he just makes a play, and there were no penalties, no ref held. There was no pass interference. It was just him making a play constantly on the, probably one of the best defenses in the country. <laughs> and doing it for what? Only with the ability to get hit, tear your ACL, and be the next Willis McGahee? The kid's got heart. I don't like him, but I'm warming up. I keep trying not to like this kid, and as I think differently now, instead of sitting here and just going nuts and cursing up a storm. It was a bad bet. I'm way off. And even when I knew he had this ability to do this, and he did, and he did it on steroids, I deserve this. And it was miserable. You can clearly see I am not myself right now, even though 
it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't anything about the monetary that's not the point the point is is that man how wrong can you be when you think you're going to be so right and if they played that game 10 times yes USC's only going to cover two or three times there's no way that Oregon there's no way that that could continue to happen every single drive but we picked the wrong game against the wrong player there is no other way uh, to describe that in less than the fashion that I just did. That's as objective, as honest as I could be. I'm still so mad, but I don't know. It is what it is. It was, uh, I've never liked a game more in my life and couldn't have, uh, couldn't have been more wrong. That's, uh, that's how that goes. All right. Yeah, I'm still not happy. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's get it going. <clears throat> the Denver Broncos. Let's start off with some pro football. The last time I took the Denver Broncos, I was involved in the worst speculation in sports betting history. The Denver Broncos went to Miami and lost by 1,000 points. That's pretty much what happened. They're going to Buffalo. They're getting seven, and they have the potential to lose by 1,000 points. Yes, they do. But this is my point in this game. If it was so sexy again to do this, and if it was that easy to do this, why is no one doing this? This may be one of the few NFL games where I'm glad there's a bunch of people on both sides. It is split right down the middle as of right now. And this game is tomorrow, and they have a lot of time for data to accumulate. I've checked multiple locations. This is not nearly what I thought it was going to be. I'm glad that not everyone's on Miami and or everyone on the favorite. Denver is getting better week by week. But this has nothing to do with Denver, Sean Payton, Russell Wilson. I know this is how people on the other side may think. For me, this is just the NFL correcting itself, which always happens, much like the sun rising in the same place and setting. I think it rises in the south and sets in the northwest central as far as my world goes these days. But we like Denver. We like Denver getting the seven points here. We clearly think they can win. I understand that this isn't a good look for me typically, but I know this Buffalo Bills team, this is why it's more scary. This is typically a game they take out the trash and destroy. I do not think that is going to happen. In order for this team, for me to be right, which I feel that I am regarding the Bills, they need to collapse. And I feel that is coming, and this would be the one. This would put them at 500. The Bills aren't used to being 500 after 10 games or 9, 10 games into a season as of recent. But we're all going to understand that they're not that good. Even if they win this game, they're not that good. Even if they win by 50 like Miami, they're not that good. Now, clearly, I'm not either. <laughs> NFL future speculation is exactly my thing. But this one looks to be just as good as any other future I've ever had. We're not going to put this on the record yet. Check Instagram. I'm looking for that hook. I don't think it's going to come. It might go down to six and a half. Still a little shocked after yesterday, so you have to forgive me. But that is definitely on Danny Belts' radar for probably the only Monday night football game you'll get on me the rest of the year. Let's get to business, though. Duke taking three and a half points to UVA. UVA in the last five weeks being unbelievably competitive, beating North Carolina, almost beating Louisville, ruining North Carolina, doing a lot of things as of recent that typically teams picked in last would not be able to do, much like in Iowa State. Virginia winning games, being very competitive in all kinds of games. Should have beat Louisville on the road. 
doing all the things you have to do as supposedly bad team, not turning it over, not really getting penalized, and holding on to the football. I don't really consider time of possession a stat unless we're talking about the 1961 Packers or whatever that's irrelevant. But in this case, why it's relevant is because UVA can hold serve on defense, and they're good enough on offense to move the football and flip the field. All UVA's totals are pro totals in the mid-40s. It seems to be working for them. But three and a half points is not something that I can just hang on a consummate underdog. We're probably looking at Duke here, because now UVA seems to be a popular underdog. Duke is twice as good as UVA. Three and a half is very short. There's no value in the, in the dog here unless you actually do think they're going to win. Well, then, of course, be my guest. I do not. We'll be looking at the favorite on the road here. Not the best spot for me, but this is one that jumped out at me initially. Clemson on, at home, getting seven versus North Carolina. Boy, I tell you what, I like this Drake May kid. I talked about him last week. He's very good, very good at football. Here's a kid. He can spin that thing. Don't you love hearing people say that? Is that still cool or not? It's like synergy in the NFL. He's full of synergy. Say that in the draft room. Yeah. Well, that's kind of strange. Shall Clemson touchdown favorite over UNC? UNC's ranked. Woo. Clemson sucks. Blowout. Yeah, I don't know about this, boys. I know this may be a popular one. Haven't even checked. Don't care. I think I know where this one ends. I'm going to line up my main man here from Howard's Rock. From the white version of the projects, the trailer park. It's Mr. Swiney. I make fun of this man so much, but I have to almost say he's the only one that stays out of that devil portal. Portal combat! I gotta give it to this guy. He's about as consistent as it gets. And in this consistency I see right here, I do not understand how anyone in their right mind is thinking the underdog is the play here. With that being said, loaded up on UNC, but not for me. All my money or what we have for my money on this one, Clemson is a walk-off here. I think this one's rel relatively easy for how I'm looking at this. I don't think this goes down. I think it goes up. So because of that, give me Clemson minus the seven at home versus North Carolina on the record. Clemson minus the seven. UGA takes this circus on the road to Tennessee, a double-digit favorite in Tennessee. Before the season started, this was a four-and-a-half-point spread. Now it's ten, and it's going up. Why? Tennessee just got trounced by Big Mo. Not exactly the season Tennessee was thinking. Clearly missing Hendon Hooker's deep ball. They can't get that one right to save their life. They may lead the country in overthrows for throws that Hendon Hooker makes in his sleep last year. See LSU, Tennessee. He made them all. <laughs> Shocker, right? Georgia has a chance to blow out Tennessee. We all know this. But I really don't think Tennessee is just going to roll over and allow this to happen. I don't know if Tennessee can even win this game, so why am I talking about it? But it's interesting because Tennessee really shouldn't be getting double digits versus anyone at home, anyone in the entire country. I want to see where this line goes. 80% chance for taking the dog here. Let's wait and see where this one goes. UCLA getting five and a half to USC. Oh, that's right. It's a soap opera. You love the repetition. Don't worry about that. Benny Hanna loves the Pac-12. No, I told him he had to. USC, a five and a half point favorite over UCLA. These are two teams going in the same direction. The direction of who cares where you go. Both these teams are a joke. I don't know why Chip Kelly's still mad. I don't know how he still manages to sell this thing, but he does. Still has a job in a major program making a major amount of money. I don't really have anything on this game. I just think it's funny. USC back to being a pretty sizable favorite at home. There may be some value in USC now. Now that they're back to reality and not laying all these points. They can still score on nearly anyone in that conference, so we're not going to just write them off. Circle that. We'll come back to that. UNLV. UNLV might be the quietest 8-2 team in history. They may end up, may end up somehow, 
uh, 10 win team in the regular season, which is crazy. I know the Mountain West not going to garner a lot of attention from most. They were not supposed to be that good. They're out kicking the coverage immensely uh, with this coaching staff and the way they're going about things. UNLV jumping out to huge leads these days, getting out on Wyoming 21 nothing. Wyoming's defense in their weight class is very similar to Utah. As a matter of fact, he used to apprentice under Willingham. And not only that, they play the same base 4-3. They really have the same exact thing. UNLV blowing them out early. Wyoming very difficult in their weight class, especially on defense. UNLV doing what Oregon did to Utah is exactly what UNLV did recently to Wyoming, blowing them out. 8-2, they're dropping number on anybody. Everybody should have beat Fresno State. A dog that probably shouldn't be getting nearly as many points as they are here, three and a half. Air Force coming off that crazy loss to Army, I believe off a of bye week as well. No sandwich game for them. This is a big one. Air Force needs this one. So does UNLV. Wrong team is favored, however. Not sure Air Force is going to be able to slow down this offensive line. The different side. UNLV's offensive line is massive. They might fit in some of the, I don't know, smaller schools in the P5 for sure. They're not coming in the SEC moving right around, but man, that UNLV line is massive. I do not think Air Force is worth a squirt of piss. I really haven't all year, except when Bro Exotic had him versus Colorado State. Take a close look at this one. Ah, oh, forget it. On the record, UNLV, give me the three and a half at Air Force. On the record, they're a better team anyway. I know that sounds, oh, they're a better team, just bet them. They can keep this up, scoring early, and put Air Force in some position to have to battle back from the lead and throw the football. That plays in. UNLV's got two pros on defense, both the secondary. I tell you what, or excuse me, a linebacker and, a, and a, a safety. But at the same time, this could be a great spot for UNLV, and I feel it is. Ergo, we'll take the three and a half. New Mexico State goes to Auburn. Auburn laying 21 and a half. I tell you what, Hugh Freeze is very similar to Brian Kelly. And as the drunk neighbor says, squash the bug, boy. He's got a rack of them. Keep your eye on this. New Mexico State not built at all to stop anyone, particularly Auburn, running the football. The question is, can New Mexico State score 17 points? Because if they do, they'll cover. I don't think they can. I'm not into laying 21 and a half. But Auburn's not looking past anybody. They need every win they can get. Hugh Freeze will treat this like the Super Bowl. And if they can treat the Auburn crowd to a blowout, they will. Yes, they will. So keep your eye on this game. This one does have potential for blowout. I just don't know how to lay 21 and a half points. I'm not really good at that. But in this case, yeah, this qualifies. Boise State has found their offense recently. Utah State found their offense over there at UConn. I feel like everybody finds their offense versus my boy Jim Moore Jr. Boise State getting it going early and often, throwing the football a ton. Boise State's games are lasting like four and a half hours now. I like that. I like that. Utah State finally healthy on offense. I like that. 64 and a half. I love that. That's too low. I feel that should be around 68 and a half. We just talked about those kill numbers there in the middle to high 60s and how dangerous they can be when you realize what you're in and how in the fourth quarter there can be no dilly-dally. If you're not there by that point, boy, you're up against it. I feel this one gets there pretty early, but I'm not really confident that this goes up. Utah State's offense hasn't been nearly as explosive as Boise's. You can still kind of play defense. We'll have to see what happens there, but keep your eye on that. 80% chance for on that game as well. We're not going to be on many this week. University of Florida getting 11 and a half at Big Mo. Sounds about right. 58 and a half total. The drunk neighbor having some very entertaining text messages while he was at the game where Jaden Daniels went absolutely insane. Yeah, that guy's just another dude. He's not that good. There's no way he's on the same level as Joe Burrow. And there's no way you can say, huh, huh, that he's not like 
Cause Joe Burrow home to be pushed around. Well, the Texans pushed him around today, and he threw two more interceptions. Whatever. I gotta talk about this. I love Joe Burrow. That sounds like I'm trashing the guy. The guy just said he was raised in Ohio, who played football for LSU or something like that. The guy's immortal. I love him. But at that at that moment, though, you gotta think. This Stroud thing with te- the Texans, wow, and D'Amico Ryan, you gotta be kidding me. This team not even supposed to be out of the trash can. They may win. They could potentially give Jacksonville a run for this division. And since now they have a winning record, the AFC not being nearly what we thought it was, the Texans, their season's very interesting. My, my money right now, D'Amico Ryan should be coach of the year right now. They have nobody on that team. Nobody. It's ridiculous. And Stroud is insane. That Bengals defense is pretty good. Go look at him in the... He don't look like a rookie. Whoo! That boy can play, play, play. No knock to Joe Burrow, I'm just saying. Got in an argument about this. He never throws intercepts. Well, he threw two yesterday. How about that? And I'm angry. And another thing. Let's go back to the Pac-12. Whoa, Washington. Ooh, look at me. Panics the lefty. Everyone thinks Washington is down. Kind of looks like they are. Got a guy pulling a, uh, <laughs> a Deshaun Jackson there on defense, dropping the ball about nine feet short of the goal line. Boy, did you see his face? Sick nose ring, bro. Yeah, you're going to want to cross the line before you let go of that thing in your hand. Being as where that's what the game is all about is taking that thing across that line. You shouldn't drop it down early, just letting you know. I bet he won't do that again. I'm not scared to take Florida in this situation just to get the drunk neighbor in some sort of frenzy of how stupid I am. And he would be correct on everything there. But I'm not sure Missouri understands how to deal with this one now. That's got to be the biggest win in school history since Michael Sam was up in there. Just trashing Tennessee on their way to some New Year's Six Bowl now. Wow, that's unbelievable. Well, I'm not sure they're ready to lay 11 and a half. I'm still not sure. I think Florida is a complete dumpster fire. 11 and oh, they're a dumpster fire, all right. But 11 and a half might be too much. And if it's that easy, just take Big Mo, right? I think Florida could win this game. I know how that sounds. But again, yep, I bet you loved Oklahoma State versus South Alabama. But that was different. Oh, you know all about South Alabama. My cousin is an idiot. Anyway. We like Oregon State at home, plus one, or excuse me, getting one and a half versus Washington. Wrong team favorite in this spot. Look, I know Washington has had some struggles on the road, and I've been wanting to talk about some of these bottom tier teams that are a little better than I thought. I'm not making excuses for Washington. I'm just correcting my stupidity early on about the Pac-12. That being said, Oregon State is built for games like this, and Washington will have many, many problems as Oregon State continues to kind of play like the Navy. They want to hold the ball. They do. They can have explosive plays. They go for a ton of fourth downs. Oregon State usually has a third and two queued up for two plays. If we don't get this, we're running it again. We're going for it. They hurry to the line. They lead. They may lead. The, they have so many fourth down attempts this year, but they know how to do this. And their quarterback, whose name I can't pronounce, boy, he is a strapped Samoan man. Get out of that man's way. On the record right now, you go ahead and give me the Beavers and I have an Oregon State hat. That's right. Give it to one of my customers out there. I'm all about Corvallis. As long as they're not playing LSU in baseball, we like Oregon State to do this. Not to bust up Washington season so we can win some Oregon middle-of-the-season future chip. But because I really feel Oregon State is one of the better teams in that conference anyway, and now that their defensive line and offensive line are finally healthy, wrong team favorite on the record Give me Oregon State plus that one and a half. There is no way that kicks that one and a half that kick. They'll be, they'll be favored by Wednesday. Keep that receipt. Oregon State will be favored by Wednesday or sooner. LSU 
Georgia State comes to Baton Rouge. LSU laying 30 and a half, 71 and a half, 71 and a half. My God, who's going to do the scoring in this game? I'm sure Georgia State's going to do some. LSU can't stop the neighborhood flag football team. But I'm pretty sure you know that Jaden Daniels is probably going to solidify his Heisman odds here. He went from plus 800 to plus 350 in the second half of that game somehow. Unbelievable. I think LSU is going to score 100 points here. I don't know what I'm doing on here yet. Probably nothing. But I just thought that to be advisable or just advised. I think LSU is going to score in the 50s here. And I don't think their team total will be near that high. Brian Kelly, you can count on him, Mike. Much like Hugh Freeze, to run the offense. And after they take Daniels out, in comes the Nuss. And he will run that offense. They'll not run that out. Probably try to run that score up as they have done versus every single team. And last year it was UAB to come in for the sacrifice in that spot. We can't see much changing there at all. Texas goes to Iowa State laying eight and a half. Looky here. Looky here. I got to say, man, I, I'm i almost positive L.A. Burns is going to have Iowa State. Haven't talked to him in three days, but he's going to have them. And so will we. The question is, what are we going to get that said? Boy, eight and a half is a sexy, sexy number. Texas coming off one of these goofy-ass games, a really goofy game where they should have lost to TCU. We're going to be watching this line movement. This thing gets to eight. I'm snapping this on Instagram so fast. Iowa State is built to hang with Texas. Texas showing their true colors, as they always do down the stretch. They're not a bad football team, but it means a really good football team. But Iowa State... Love stuff like this, especially this year. They're getting them at home. Boy, eight and a half's a rack. I'm not going off what I saw last week, but I'm not going to be a fool. I'm, I am going to be a fool. I'm going to take an L for Iowa State after they beat me on the future. That's how I roll. You didn't know? I'm super smart. And lastly, in uh, Michigan, five and a half now. Five and a half point favorite against Ohio State. The more I think about that game, boy, the better Michigan looks. What a powerful win versus Penn State as Franklin continues to cuck that entire trash state as he can't beat anybody that matters. But the great part about America is, Franklin, you don't have to. Keep winning 9 and 10 games and beating one of these two teams every third year. They'll keep you at Penn State forever. Trust me. Hey, they kept a, ch- uh, a guy there with knowledge of kids, get kids getting raped in the shower forever. So hey, you're not doing that. You should be totally fine. Quick recap of what's coming on the record. We like Clemson minus the seven. At home versus North Carolina, on the record, we like UNLV plus the three and a half out there at Air Force. There are some other games on here we definitely are going to be looking at very closely, especially Auburn, the Boise, Utah one, Florida for sure. But those aren't on the record. This one, Oregon State plus one and a half is indeed on the record. I can't see us adding much more besides one of the few I just spoke of, maybe Denver tomorrow. I'm not really sure. I'm still just really, really aggravated. Now just get a little loose with the audience here. But I tell you what, things in my life tend to run all at once. And when it all goes weird one way, usually this will come with it, the podcast and everything else. The good news is there's usually, you know, a flip to that plateau. Hopefully we'll be seeing some of that soon. But it's just all got me in a bum mood now, doesn't it? But you know you like the violin with USC. You know you love that. Everyone loves it. And I forgot to even say what this podcast is. I think I did mention the sports antidote. I'm a little out of sorts, as you can imagine. I'm still so pissed off Caleb Williams. (laughs) Even though I was smart enough to get out of most of that, it's kind of the principle of the whole thing. When you get on here and you're so confident, because I don't to be pushed on. That is definitely not 
the case. But we'll rebound, get some Sunday night sleep, wake up, hit the rock pile like everybody else, hit the gym, get a healthy Monday, have a good work day, get with your boss, talk about life, hopefully, and all these things. <laughs> and talk about how your pro football team can't beat the Vikings and Dobbs is still running on the New Orleans Saints and good for that young man. As I liked him at Tennessee, I liked his story. His work ethic is incredible. He's one of the smartest men to ever put on a football uniform in nearly every capacity, both in life and in the intellectual capacity. But he's a great human being with unbelievable qualities. The Cardinals, well, of course, they're going to stay with Kyler. How'd, how'd that go today with Kyler Murray? Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Well, much like Zion just wanting to have sex with strippers and play anime and eat Chinese food, yeah, we pretty much know. Kyler Murray really just wants to play video games and eat cereal. That's kind of his thing. So that's great. Definitely not working out. How much money does Kyler... Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, is, that, is that clause still racist where they said that he had to read the playbook because he wasn't? And then, you know, Kingsbury and, I don't know, Hopkins. Like, everybody on the team is like, nah, he doesn't read the playbook. Have you seen? See, K Kyler Murray does what... He looks just like Caleb Williams. The difference is when Caleb Williams does it, when he throws the football, when he runs around like a nut, it goes to where he wants, whereas Kyler Murray, it, it never does. So, you know, that's that's kind of a problem. Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Hey, follow us on Instagram at the Sports Antidote. If you're not doing anything, maybe, you know, reach out, touch a brother, and tell somebody about the Sports Antidote today. Mr. Producer, please play the music and wrap this up because I feel that I've gone long when I didn't want to. How could I forget, though? Bro Exotic, almost uh, amidst my own violin storm here, almost forgot the star of the show. Bro Exotic now 9-1. and one. Nine in a row, not only that, another blowout win. Not only that, once again, Bro Exotic gets 16 and a half, and then less than 24 hours later, the line moves almost four whole points. But I need to explain something to you. A line, not a total, in this spot that moves from 16 and a half at one point all the way up to 20 and a half to go over 17, 17 and a half, and even 18 in just one readjustment. Like not a gradually going up. Some places stripped and readjusted. This guy's so far ahead of the game, it is almost impossible to think the woke equation is not a real thing as he continues to run a train on every house in this country. It is unbelievable, and I can't believe I forgot to talk about the star of the show till the end. Didn't mean to bum till the end. The good news is everybody listens to this show in its entirety, especially the Sunday one, so everybody is going to get that. Once again, be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Reach out, touch, brother. Tell somebody about the sports antidote. Follow us on Instagram right there, and if you want to hear more of Bro Exotic, well... You're going to have to hear the show because that's the only way you're going to know if Bro Exotic's doing anything or not because I'm not going to post anything else on Instagram. I'm just kidding. I'm going to post it all on Instagram. We're going to have a good show coming up for you boys this week. See y'all Thursday. Keep it real, Anadotions!